Hello and welcome to this week's Meeting on the Mound. I'm Kyle Gibson and joining me today is Twins closer Taylor Rogers. And Taylor, before I even let you get a word in, uh, we got to go through the controversy that's been going on here at the Twins Clubhouse because you were under the impression that this interview had a little different name and go into why you were so disappointed in all of my choices and interviews. Yeah, yeah. So originally I thought this interview was called Bullpen Banter, and uh, I got a little irritated that we didn't have any bullpen guys on Bullpen Banter. Um, but come to find out, this is called Meeting on the Mounds. Um, so, you know, really, I'm not that really that far off. I think, uh, we, you know, we're talking to Rocco. Maybe you'll have a meeting on the round mound with Rocco. But uh, Mitch Garver and the catchers, you can have a meeting there. But everybody else, you're not going to meet them on the mound. So let's get the, some bullpen guys some love. Yeah, so uh, so far I had uh, La Tortuga. He was the first interview. He was a catcher. Okay. I did do Rocco. Uh, I have done Jose Barrios. I have done Jake Odorizzi. Um, and I did do the catcher. So I have had quite a few actual meetings on the mound. Um, but you're right. I'll have a couple more bullpen guys. We have a guy like Sergio Romo who has a lot going on, who's a great interview. We got Trevor May who had, does, has a lot going on off the field and on the field with how well he's throwing. He would be a great interview. So I promise I will get some more bullpen guys on here. So let's, uh, let's first talk about uh, a little bit about you. We'll get into your brother here a little bit later because that's obviously a really cool story. But you're from Littleton, Colorado. You and your brother, twins. Uh, played on the same high school team. You split ways out of high school. Um, you ended up going to Kentucky. Your brother went to a community college and then transferred to Austin P. But talk a little bit about that decision going to Kentucky because you were a 37th round draft pick by the Orioles. And I would have to assume that being a lefty, throwing well in high school, uh, they had to see some projectability in you and, and probably wanted to sign you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, like a lot of guys here, um, uh, including yourself, it, it's, it's tough to. Uh, when you're 18 years old, it's tough to be presented with that challenge of, of uh, life decision uh, right away. You know, do you take some money and sign, or do you go to college and, and get your education? And uh, for me, it just seemed like the right decision to stay in college. And um, I was actually on campus uh, at the bookstore grabbing my books when uh, when I told uh, the Orioles that I was going to go to class. And then uh, <laughs> once that happened, I carried all you know 74 textbooks back to my dorm, and I was like, what did I just do? I just, I just traded in a bunch of textbooks uh, you know, for a professional contract. But uh, luckily, it, I think it's worked out, and um, the experience I got at Kentucky is, is invaluable to me. You know, I, I went through a similar decision where I made it last second. Uh, two days before school started, I said, Mom, we got to go school shopping. I need school supplies. We're going. I know my dad at the time was not too happy with that decision because of the unknowns of maybe never getting another chance to play professional baseball. Um, we all had that goal as a kid, more than likely. How did that go through your mind, and how did you process, all right, I'm going to Kentucky, uh, and as we'll get into in a second, it wasn't all roses at Kentucky. How did you get into that and say, you know what, I'm going to bypass that choice right now, and I'm going to take a chance that there'll be another opportunity? Yeah, like you said, uh, you know, w- with the way your dad felt about it, um, my, my father was um, not a help at all. I was asking him for advice, <laughs> and, and he said, this is your decision. And uh, I was like, well, I, I need some help. You know, I just got done with high school, and I've never been away from home for more than a weekend. Um, but you know what? I, I, ultimately, it came down to um, a, an education. You know, I wasn't going to be able to uh, do much of an education on my own. Um, and that's one of the other reasons I did uh, went to Kentucky is they had a huge support for um, 
student student athletes and and tutors and and extra help uh, in the classroom. That's what I really needed. I wasn't the best student of all time, um, so I knew that uh, if if I was going to sign and baseball didn't work out and I'd have to go to school on my own, there's no way I would have been able to make it. So uh, that was really the driving force. And then obviously, I'd never been away from home for more than a weekend. And uh, at that time, I was six three, you know, 165 pounds, and you know, I just didn't see myself in the major leagues, you know, three years later. So I said, you know what, let's spend some time in college for three or four years and at least have an education to fall back on. And the one thing that, that people may have heard about you, and if not, then they're going to, is that if baseball didn't work out, you had a career as a firefighter already lined up. I mean, your dad, your grandfather, a great line, multiple generations of firefighters and fire chiefs. Um, what does that mean to you to obviously you took a little different path but is that something that you'd probably explore in the future of, of following their footsteps and and being a public servant in the fire service certainly certainly um you know i think uh i feel like i'm doing a little bit of a disservice to the family and you know uh <laughs> with me and my brother we would have been the fifth generation rogers firefighters and uh right now we're, we're not taking that path but uh you know obviously the family doesn't uh you know, give us any gripe about that. But um, certainly that was our dream growing up. I, I always wanted to be a fireman much more before I wanted to be a baseball player. And uh, hopefully I have something in my future uh, to help out the fire service. And you've also been doing all year long donating, and you started the Rogers Family Foundation, raising money for firefighters going through PTSD post-fires and uh, trying to help them get the mental help and get back to mental health after fires. So uh, people can go uh, look up on your Twitter or go find out from the Rogers Family Foundation how to support that because you guys have a lot of really good work going on there as well. Um, and as we get into to your college days, you were a starter, and like I mentioned earlier, it wasn't all roses. Uh, you had you know over a four ERA, almost a five ERA most of your years. You get drafted by the Twins, um, but go through some of that stuff in college because you probably learned a lot. You know, going through those failures and going through the adversity. I don't want to paint it as a bad picture because coming up, we'll talk about how good you were in the minor leagues. But paint that picture of, of what you were learning at UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? Difficult. Uh, Colorado high school baseball is not the greatest thing in the world and then uh going right into the sec um you know starting on the weekends in the sec facing guys you know that were you know going to be in the major leagues the next year and uh yeah it was uh it was quite the shock and i didn't have a lot of success and um i think really i uh looking back at it really helped me for uh you know being here in the major leagues now um just was able to learn about how you can face adversity and and not to shy away from it and then also how well your teammates and your family can help you uh, overcome things um, and then also how are you going to look at yourself in the mirror you can have you know um, honest talks with yourself and, and figure out okay what well, where do I need to maybe change some things and uh, at the same time remember that you know you're still good and that you still find some self-confidence so I think that's a great mental aspect that that a lot of kids it's a tool that you learn right it's not something that you're you're just god-given but so when you think about you know how you even like today you know you're a closer you have to have a short memory how do you look in the mirror and judge yourself but not be too critical because I feel like uh, you know, as professional baseball players, sometimes and most of the time, we are our harshest critic, and we can really beat ourselves up. How do you avoid that, but also look at yourself and, and realistically uh, judge where you're at at the time? Yeah, so you know what? That's where that's where guys like, like your family, your teammates come into play. Um, when I said you're you're dealing with failure all by yourself, um, you know, your family's there behind you, and your teammates are there behind you. 
And uh, I think that's where you can kind of get over that hump of uh, things aren't going so well. You look to them, and you look to them uh, having confidence in you. And um, like you said, being a reliever and having that short mindset, you got to figure out where your confidence is too. You know, there's there's another line of that when you're looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, what am I doing wrong? What's not very good? But at the same time, you say, what am I good at? And, and what am I really, uh, you know, what's good for me? So, um, you know, it's a give and take of both sides. But at the end of the day, um, stay with the positivity and what I can do and not what I can't do. So you learn those lessons in college at Kentucky. You get drafted in 2012 by the Twins in the 11th round. Um, you sign. You, re- you hit about every stop. You know, from what I saw, right? It started at Elizabethan, you know, move on up through the ranks. Uh, the popular question I ask everybody because everybody's been through the minor leagues, but what was the hardest part about the minor leagues for you? I think, uh, you know what, honestly, probably just the day-to-day uh, grind. You know, the, the, the buses, um, the air mattresses, <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, looking back on it now, it's kind of one of those things you're like, I'm kind of glad I went through that. Um, you try to learn, you learn the value in things. Like, you learn how important your family and your friends are because you can't buy those things. And, and those are free. And you learn how to respect those relationships. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a good thing to go through. Now, in stark contrast to your three years at Kentucky, you come into pro ball and you made about every stop in pro ball look really, really easy. Um, you know, you get up to triple A, you know, right after going through double A and having a really good year all year long. And then a conversation happens going into 2016, I believe. Conversation happens about moving to the bullpen. What was that conversation like and did it kind of catch off guard because you really had been one of the best Twins minor league starters for the past four seasons? Yeah, it did catch me off guard. Uh, you know, my whole life I was a starter, and that's I prided myself in, in throwing innings. In uh, 2015, um, along with the fall league, I just got done throwing 200 innings. So I'm like, I'm going to be a horse for this, <laughs> this Minnesota Twins ball club. And, uh, yeah, I get to spring training. And uh, Terry Ryan, the GM at the time, and, and Molly said, uh, pretty much if, if you want to make the ball club right now, we can use you in the bullpen. Um, if you don't want to make the ball club right now, you can go to AAA and be a starter. So uh, pretty easy for a guy uh, never being in the big leagues to say um, yes to get to the big leagues. Yeah, I, talk about that transition. I mean, obviously I think you've learned a lot over the last few years you know, by learning from some of the veteran guys. But even right away, like spring training and then when you got called up you know, soon after the beginning of that year, like talk about that mindset change that you really had to go through going from – once out of every five days, which you guys always give us starters a little bit of flack because we're never ready to pitch except for one day of the week. But, you know, then you go to a situation where every day, unless you've gone two or three days in a row, you're up and getting hot. Talk about that mindset change. You know what? Um, super, super scared and paranoid about that when I first got to the big leagues. <laughs> On top of, the, you know, the excitement and the nerves of just being in the big leagues, uh, you know, doing something different there. On top of it, just really magnified the whole thing. But uh, Eddie Gordado, man, I, I I owe a lot of my career to him with, with what he helped me with mentally, more so than physically, but mentally. He'd sit down there in the bullpen with me and uh, and kind of talk me through what type of mental state I should be in and uh, for that specific day and more of a long-term one as well. And, uh, man, he really just got me off on the right foot, and then I was able to go out there and, and have a little bit of success to kind of back that up. So... Um, you know, I've really just tried to stick to those guns that, that he taught me. Yeah, I mean, you say a little success. You're obviously being a little humble there. Your first year you had a, a sub four, and then you've just gotten better and better each year with more and more appearances. But 
Um, what about that first week in the big leagues? You know, it's, it's a little different when we talk about a starter or a position player that comes up and debuts. They know when they're going to play. You really had no idea that first week when you were going to throw. Talk about that, that first week of your debut and the first week in the big leagues. What do you remember uh, and what memories really stick with you? First memory that sticks out to me was uh, going into Paul Molitor's office and saying hello. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, very intimidating, but to come to find out, he was a really, really nice guy. But um, the, other, the other thing with starting and relieving is uh, you know, how do you get stretched out? Like, when do you want to get stretched out? And I always felt bad, like, in the bullpen. I'm like, if I'm going to stretch here and, you know, this is – Glenn Perkins inning is he gonna get mad thinking I'm trying to steal his innings and I just didn't want to step on anybody's toes and uh, <laughs> yeah just the straight nervousness of really not knowing what's going on and then out of the bullpen you know you have family coming in town they're like hey when uh, when are you gonna pitch and so, well it doesn't really work like that anymore um, but that was cool you know my first time uh, going in the game I had warmed up the day before, so I got kind of a little bit of a sniff yeah. or a glimpse of what the nerves might be like, and I think that really helped out for my debut. That's, that's a great point. Uh, you know, getting, getting more comfortable is one thing that in this game I think gets taken for granted a lot. You know, when young guys come up and struggle after dominating in the minor leagues, and you think about, well, they've had three years probably to get to where they're at in the minor leagues. They're getting comfortable. Now they get thrown into the big leagues, you're way less comfortable. You're on edge a little bit, nervous. Talk about that that mindset change a little bit over the last couple years because you've really come into your own. We'll get into being a closer here in a second, but talk about being comfortable in the big leagues and how that has allowed you to really become the dominant pitcher you are right now. Yeah, I think um, just figuring out all the the ins and outs of the big leagues, like getting from the hotel to the ballpark and then on the bus and and what do I wear on the plane and where's my bag going right now and (laughs) You know, how do I how do I tip these clubbies or, you know, what's the deal with the food? And once I got all that kind of wrapped up, you know, I was able to just completely focus on the game. And then once the game started, I kind of seen myself getting some, some hitters out that I've been watching on TV. And I think that's really where I <clears throat> decided for myself that, you know what, I do belong here and I can be productive here. And uh, then after that, it was just trying to sustain that for a long amount of time. Now that you've been the closer for most of the year, you and Park started out in a little bit of a committee, um, and then now once he's with the Phillies, you've really taken it over. What's that nod of confidence meant to you? And as a mindset, knowing that you are getting the final three outs almost every time it's a close game, uh, how has that really uh, allowed you to take that adrenaline and use it in a positive way? Yeah, you know, first off, it, it's it's super humbling that the team has the confidence in me and gives me a lot of pride that they, they send me out there for those last three outs. Um, my biggest thing is, is every day I show up and I just want to do that for the team. You know, our, my teammates work so hard for, to get to the game to this point for eight and a half innings. They've worked hard to get us the lead and it's my job to go in there and keep it that way. And, and that's what I take most pride in is just keeping the game at for them and uh, hopefully finish it up strong for them. Well, you've done a great job on that so far. Uh, we wouldn't be where we're at. Uh, not without the rest of the bullpen as well, but you doing your job in the ninth inning. But lastly, I normally go through a, a quick game with guys on some quick hitting questions, but I want to give you a chance to share about your brother and what that's meant to you and, and your family. Uh, you guys played college baseball fairly close when he transferred to Austin P. Uh, he ended up getting drafted a year after you by the Giants. But what has that kind of meant to you guys going through that minor league career together? Uh, you obviously got to the big leagues a couple years before he did. But then now him getting that call. Kind of take 
Take us through, obviously, you were his first call from what uh, I heard, but you also called him first. So take us through those couple scenarios and what that's really meant to you guys. Yeah, yeah. So um, like you said, uh, when, I, when, I, when I got the call, uh, he was my first call because he's my biggest supporter, you know. We'd be out in the backyard and he'd say, you know what, Tay, uh, I'm going to catch today. You, you pitched <laughs> to me. And, and uh, he was always about, you know, making sure I was getting better and uh, very selfless in that way. And um, that was just something he was really good at. So he was always pushing me to get better. And I felt, you know, he was my biggest supporter, so I wanted to call him. And then uh, he uh, called me the other day and got to receive. I still get choked up talking about it. But uh, he says, uh, Tay, I get to do uh, what you did for me. So that was a really sweet moment. You know, he's had a rough path. Uh, not a rough path, but a different path. Um, you know, obviously getting drafted a year after me. A lot of people were asking him, you know, why are you, why did you get drafted after your brother? And it's not right for him to be compared to me just because we have different paths. And frankly, we're different pitchers. Uh, with me being left-handed and him being right-handed. So... Um, and then, you know, coming up through the minors for him, and I'm in the big leagues, everybody's asking why he's not there, and uh, it's just not fair to him to be compared to me. And uh, uh, for him to create his own path and, and work and have determination to get to where he got to, uh, you know, with all that kind of stuff on, uh, on his back, just really intensified the moment and, uh, and his perseverance. So I, I know the last couple of years we've talked a lot about where he's been, how well he's been throwing. Um, you know, everybody in the locker room knows he's your twin brother. Obviously, we know that story. One of the cooler things I've been a part of and been able to see is how everybody in our locker room was watching that debut. Uh, I'll let you wrap up with kind of what that moment meant to you. Obviously, you got to enjoy it. Um, but I don't know that I've ever seen a team get to enjoy somebody else's debut with a teammate. Uh, what did that mean to you, having that moment and sharing that with us? Man, I, uh, I really appreciated it, um, you know, just with the bond I've been able to create with a lot of you guys in the clubhouse. And you're always asking, you know, how he was doing the last couple of years. And uh, I think you guys kind of started to follow his career a little bit. And we're hoping uh, just as much as I was that he was going to get the call. And I think uh, everybody just felt it was right that he got the call. And uh, I think that's why everybody stuck around to watch. And then shared a cool moment with CJ Crone. Uh, we got to talk about having our brothers in the major leagues and how cool it is to watch them. And uh, I mean, really, he's one of the only people in the world that knows what I'm feeling like watching, you know, your brother in the big leagues. <laughs> really cool. Really cool. Well, hey, Taylor, you're about to go play some catch, getting ready for the game tonight. But um, thank you for your time. Sorry that it took me so long to interview a bullpen guy. <laughs> but uh, we'll get a couple more of you guys here on before the end of the season. But uh, good luck tonight. Hopefully we don't have to use you here, but I really appreciate you being on the show. Hey, thank you very much for having me.